Amen. Hallelujah. Please, let's turn our Bibles to Isaiah. Isaiah 33. And then we'll just run very, very quickly. How many of us were blessed on Wednesday? I hope you've not forgotten. I hope you've not forgotten that word. Can any good thing come out? Please, I want to encourage you beyond the words. Let it form a mindset in your heart. So Isaiah 33, and I'll read verse 6. Let's see verse 6, the, the first part, and then we'll just run. The Bible says, wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and the strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. But our conversation this evening would bother around um, verse 1. And that would take us into some interesting things. And I trust that you will be blessed. Amen. Amen. Is there anyone seeing this scripture for the first time? Anybody? Okay, quite a couple of us. Okay, so I've done something good for you. Amen. I hope you would remember it. It's a very, very important scripture. The Bible says wisdom and knowledge will be what? The stability of your times. Times there speaks of two things. It speaks of a particular season in your life, any season you find yourself. And then it also speaks about the current, the current times. How many of you know that in these times, not too many people are stable? If you are not careful, even as a child of God, you will not be stable. And I want you to know that Stability is a big deal because your God is stable. Do you understand that? Your God is stable. So stability is a big deal. So when the scripture says wisdom and knowledge shall be or will be the stability of your times, there are quite a number of uh, implications there for us. I told you it means a season in your life or it could mean current times. And you know as well as I do that the times are very, very, very uncertain. Am I correct? And this uncertainty is throwing of course the world is off of course off balance confusion is the order of the day but this uncertainty we're now seeing that it is throwing even the children of god off off balance if you hang around some children of god if there was an instrument to measure fear, that instrument, let's say if, thank you, 
let's say if um, your fear, if the fear ratio is, you know how you measure your, your BP, and if your BP is high, what if you, that machine, how many of us measure our BP? That's 34 for another day. Amen. From time to time, not every day, of course, but from time to time, it's just good to, it's just good to check. I remember the only, one of the few times I've seen Dr. Sunday angry. Some of us can imagine it. One of the few times I've seen him upset was a patient that walked into the hospital with a very, very high, he was telling me about a patient that walked into the hospital with a very, very high BP. And as he was telling me, he was still angry. So I imagine how he was that day with the... And they were telling the man that they need to admit him. The man said, he doesn't want to be, to be admitted. Amen. So you know how you check your BP and you see that monitor, if it's not fake, if your BP is um, above the regular one, it's going to show red. And in the same way, if there was... A device to measure, let's say, fear pressure, for want of a better word. In the lives of many of God's people, it's going to be red. Amen. Amen. They're coming to church. They're still going through the motions, but there's a lot of fear. So every news throws them off balance. This week now, they said there's a new variant called Mu. What is Mu? Some people now have run with that one. And there's panic. Amen. But you know this is how they are going to keep discovering variants. And you have to know what you know. And that's what we're going to get into. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. We are the only ones that, as it were, know how things will end. You may not know what will happen between this point and this point, but you know the end. Do you understand this? And that's what we bring to the world. When you say you are a king, when you say you are a boss, these are some of the implications. No fear. What are the things that make you... Afraid they should be reducing on a daily basis. Stability is a big deal. When Jacob was speaking to his sons, his last words, I know we're Africans, the last words of somebody are very, 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 very important. Amen. That's the genesis of some people's problems. Some people have not recovered from what maybe their father said to them before he died. And they are running from man of God to man because those words were not good and you are seeing the effects in your life. So uh, he got to one of his sons, Reuben, and he, 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 he told him, he said, on step, he first hyped him said, my strength, this, this, this. You are my firstborn. I'm sure he was smiling. He said he was swelling. My might and the beginning of my strength. 
the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. And then he just switched. Amen. If it's a Yoruba film, his face will just change. In seconds. Now, can you connect the two? Does this look like someone that was praising somebody just some minutes before? In seconds. Unstable as water. Stability. He says, you shall not excel. Of course, you know Ruben's story. If you don't know the story, you can look at it later. He slept with his father's uh, concubine, basically. And he thought he had gone scot-free. But the day of reckoning came. Amen. I know the last words are very, very, very important. Amen. And then he says, unstable as water, you shall not excel. There is nothing good about um, not being stable. And God wants you stable. The Bible says wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. The times are so uncertain, but this is the greatest time for the people of God. I just want you to know that as you are as you are walking with God, as you are engaging God the way you should, you are gathering strength. Your their fear is not your fear. Their confusion is not your confusion. Amen. Do you believe this? So it says the stability of your times. What what is there for us? What is there for us? Not everybody is stable. Amen. Some of us come from families where you don't have one stable person. You're probably the only one that is stable because you've taken your Christianity seriously. Amen. You know, we have this joke, this, this life, no balance. Amen. What are we actually saying? We're saying that this life is not stable. You can say it as a joke, but make sure that is not your primary philosophy. Amen. That is some people's philosophy. They are not balanced. James said, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Amen. What does it mean to be double-minded? It means that somebody that has not decided and your greatest, and in these uncertain times, the decisions you have not made will be the greatest places where the enemy would come from and wreak all kinds of havoc. Jesus said it very simple. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Amen. What positions have you taken on marriage? That your indecision is where the enemy is going to come from? What position have you taken on 
prosperity. And we can go on and on. You must, you must know what you know. You must know that you know that you know. And it has a way of stabilizing you. There is a stabilizing force that God is releasing to his people. When everybody is running up and down, you are stable. You are sure. You may not know. You may not have all the details, but you are just sure. And I want to encourage you, begin to begin to practice these things from today. Eh? Trust God that you will not be a confused, confused person. Have you met somebody that is undecided before? It's terrible. Do you know there are people that can go for a year and they've not made any any decision? There are people that maybe they have two ladies that they are saying they want to choose and they just can't they just can't decide. And the decision is clear like this. You're, you're, you are seeing it. But they just can't decide. And they are still very arrogant about the whole thing. A double-minded man. I know James does not talk like this. He will tell you as it is. A double-minded man is unstable. Can you imagine an unstable Jesus? I won't follow him. Amen. One of the reasons we follow him is stable. Nothing, nothing ruffles him. Amen. And I want to encourage you from today, because you're a king, anywhere you see confusion, anywhere you see people running up and down, don't just, you know, this Lagos. How many of us remember the, the bomb blast in 2001? You know, people died for nothing. It's, it's happening here. They are just running. And they were just jumping, jumping inside the, is it a canal now or so? And you know, this Lagos, they are specialists in hearsay. Just say, I don't know. I don't, they, but they will tell you, they don't, they have no clue. And then that rumor is spreading, spreading, spreading. And everybody is running. You understand? If you understand what I'm saying, even in practical terms, these things will play out. Hallelujah. So please stay with me. We're we're going somewhere. But are you blessed so far? So wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. God wants you to be stable. Whatever, the times are uncertain, we agree. But it's really for the world. That uncertainty really has nothing on us. We're focused, we're driven, we know what we know, and we're going for the enemy's enemy's juggler. Amen. Because one of the things that is under attack in in our times is our persuasions 
our convictions. Some of us have lost our convictions. We've lost our persuasions. Things Paul will say, I am fully persuaded. Many of us, our persuasion is half or quarter. It's not full. And any space between half and full, the enemy would come for you. And you won't be stable. And any little thing, you are thrown. You are thrown off balance. But that will not be you in Jesus' name. So please, let us decide. You know, you've, you know even, when you've, even when you've decided to, to, to follow Jesus, there are still some other, you know all those exams we used to do? It has one, then it has A, B, A, I, A2, A3, and God help you if you didn't read. Amen. PK said, angels, you know, if we're 100, the people that have that experience are no up to five. So, if you are waiting for that, you will fail that exam successfully. And the Holy Spirit, who is the comforter, will comfort you. Amen. So, you know, if you didn't read all those A1, A2, that's why you're already sweating inside AC. You know that this case, and so people just get angry and just go and submit because they know they failed already. So, we've made the decision to follow Jesus. And then there are other decisions under that that you must quickly quickly make and i've told you before one of those decisions is how you will follow him did you hear me how you will follow him because there are many ways people follow people follow jesus some follow him sluggishly some follow him at their own time anything that doesn't connect with their uh, intelligence, they, they, don't, they don't accept it. So you must determine how you will follow him. And then there are many, many other decisions that you will need to make. So beginning from today, please don't play with indecision. The longer you, especially on major matters that border on destiny, and, and purpose. The longer you, you, you waste time to decide, you are just pushing yourself to the enemy's hand. So a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You must, in these uncertain times, there are conversations you don't, you don't get into. Because many of those conversations, they want to debate what should be settled in your heart. Amen. And when that begins to happen, after a while, you are not very sure. You are not very sure anymore. And that resolve, and that's the thing with convictions. Any conviction that is strong today, 
can be weak tomorrow if you don't feed it constantly. If you keep moving with the wrong people, it can be weak. Amen. For example, one of the convictions that is weak in our day is that anybody that dies without receiving Christ is going to hell. Amen. Sometimes when I see RIP, RIP on, on uh, Instagram, I almost feel like saying there are many people that are not resting in peace. So. But you know, you have to bear with people's, uh, what's the word now? Infirmities. You understand? Because the way we, are, the way we write this RIP is as if there's no hell again. That the moment anybody dies, automatically they are in heaven. Of course, I'm not asking you to go about saying to people they will go to hell and all of that. If you don't, if you've not preached to them and if you don't love them. But at least that conviction, that conviction should be there. Are we following? So any conviction that is strong today, remember wisdom and knowledge. It's not just wisdom. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. There are things that are happening that the Bible says everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But it says the kingdom of God cannot be moved. Amen. So, so in these uncertain times, things are even shaking God's people. And they are shaking along with it and the convictions are getting weaker and weaker and weaker by the day. But that will not be you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let me show you a story. Let's go to 2 Chronicles. Some of us may not know where Chronicles. Again, another good thing I'm doing for you. Chapter 13. Hallelujah. So let's just read very quickly. It's a long, uh, we'll not read everything because of our time. In the 18th year of King Jeroboam, Abijah became king over Judah. He reigned three years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Micah, the daughter of Uriel of Gibeah. And there was war between Abijah and Jeroboam. Are you familiar with this story? Yes, no. Okay. At least after today, you'll be familiar. Abijah set the battle in order with an army of valiant warriors, 400,000 choice men. Jeroboam also drew up in battle formation against him with 800,000 choice men, mighty men of valor. Now, let your movie sense come alive. Amen. 
So, Abijah was the, the good guy. Jeroboam was the, the bad guy. Amen. And the Bible says that the good guy went to war with how many? 400. The bad guy came to war with how many? 800. Now, it's either your head is not very correct or you know something that the bad guy doesn't know. Do you understand this? Because looking at it in the flesh, 400, 800, which one is more? Even if you failed math all your life, everybody knows that 800,000 is more than 400,000. And under normal circumstances, who is going to win that war? 800. But if you, I will spare you the rest of the story. If you read further down, the Bible says that Abijah pursued Jeroboam and he recovered the cities. In fact, when they were done, the Bible recorded that Jeroboam did not recover his strength after many days till he died. Amen. But before this war began, there was something that Abijah said, I think it's in verse 5. Verse 5. So he stood somewhere. So before the war, he now said, should you not know the KJV says, ought you not to know that the Lord God of Israel gave the dominion over Israel to David forever, to him and his sons, by a covenant of salt. So it was 400,000 plus a knowledge of the covenant. You can't throw him off balance. Stable. Do you understand this? Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability. You come, the Bible says the righteous would flourish like a palm tree. Why did he use a palm tree? You can bend a palm tree like this. It won't break. Bend it like this. It won't break. Take it backwards. It won't break. Do you understand? And that's what the Bible compares you to. So, all this one that any little thing throws you off balance, we need to go and check again. Which God are we engaging? Which Bible are we reading? Amen. Amen. Any small thing, I'm depressed. I'm depressed. I'm depressed. May God not allow you to see depression. Because depression is, is demonic. That's the, that's the longer shot of the matter. By the time we're talking depression, is no more English. All the English is just to get you to where they can preach to you. Amen. Depression is pure demonic because by that time you are now seeing 500 ways to kill yourself. Amen. It's not something anybody just wishes. 
maybe just to feel good or to feel like white people. But people use all those things loosely. Amen. So you must, you must, you must know what you know. And know it, know it well. If you know, if it's only one thing you know, know it. But you should know more than one thing. But let's say you only know one thing. Know it well. That thing is powerful. Stability is a big deal. If you read Second Peter chapter 2 from verse 14, that, that place is dedicated it's a love note to false teachers. And in verse, in verse 14, yes, you can read the love letter when you, when you get home. It says, having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. Amen. The, the seduction of the world is more potent with unstable souls. The world is more, the lure of the world is more appealing to unstable souls. And God wants your soul stable. And you know the thing with an unstable soul, no matter how much you try to pretend, when the robber meets the road, you will show yourself. Amen. You can't, you can't hide it because the, the very core of your decisions are made from, from, a stable, from a stable place. And I want to encourage us as we're, as we're walking with God, as we're having all these conversations, let God put something in that your soul that nobody that nobody can take away amen after jumping after dancing after shouting make sure that that soul is not empty because the times are uncertain and this uncertainty has the power has the capacity to throw you off balance. After a while, you won't believe any prophet again. You know, the Bible says, don't despise prophecies or prophesying. I'm telling you, some people's worst moment is when somebody gets up and begins to prophesy because they are so angry, they are so bitter, and if they could stone that person prophesying, they will do so. Do you understand? Because they are unstable. So he says, enticing unstable souls. The seduction, the seduction rate is higher among unstable souls. I don't know how you are going to pray that prayer. I'm not going to give you any prayer points, but however you want to talk to God, English, Yoruba, French, when we're done, but make sure that you, you get this deal done. 
there has to be stability in your soul. You can't be somebody that is easily moved. The Bible says, those that trust the Lord shall be like Mount Zion that cannot be moved. That's the will of God for your life. Amen. You are not easily moved by new, in our circle, new teachings. Amen. Any revelation, you are, you are swept off your feet. Hallelujah. That's not the will of God. That's not the will of God for you. And after today, I want to give you an assignment. Begin to go and check because this is a very practical thing. The things that easily get you carried away and take them to God in prayer. For some of us, it's it's prophecy. The moment somebody begins to prophesy, all is as if they just blindfold you. Everything you know in the Bible, it just goes away. Amen. And then you can't even judge. You can't even judge that prophecy. And then you are carried away. Do you know how many homes, for example, have been destroyed in the name of prophecy? How many marriages have been broken in the name of prophecy? Because both the person prophesying and the people they are prophesying to are not stable. So anything, they, they, they are carried away. Amen. Bishop Wedigo said he has never given an offering under pressure before. Said if you like, preach from now till tomorrow. It's what he wants to give. Especially when the person preaching is not your is not your pastor. For some of us, maybe we didn't even plan to give anything before. But he just mentions something that comes close to home. And then you go and empty your account. Then by the second day, you have it clear. And you are now angry. Amen. Do you see how practical these things are? Because <laughs> emptying your account... If that work of the Spirit, for example, it's not all of us here that are at a level where we can empty our account and be, rejo- and be rejoicing. <laughs> so, it's not what somebody would tell you to do and you just go and do it. Do, do you understand this? Hallelujah. If I empty my account now, I'll probably most likely be happy because I know what is coming. But not everybody has that. Not everybody has that knowledge. And it is okay. But you know, when you do it because you are carried away, it can lead to bitterness in the future. Bitterness with the church of God. Bitterness with the, with the word of God. Am I the one that said you should empty all your account? 
All these pastors, they are just after money, after money. When did I ask you for money? Amen. I remember somebody telling me that one pastor came and said, 24-hour miracle. And she emptied her account. Brothers and sisters, this is six, six to seven years ago. We are still waiting for the 24-hour miracle. And of course, that bitterness, that bitterness is still there somewhere. People have sold their car. Say, this thing is not, is not money doubling uh, business. Some people have sold their car. Three years, they are still trekking. Be stable, though. You have to be stable. Amen. If you sell, did, I, did anybody put gun on your head to sell your car? If you, if you say it's God that, and the God that told you, why are you angry with pastor? Amen. And people are genuinely angry. Because when they were selling that car, Maybe the hype said that by, by this time tomorrow. A 2021, whatever. But Okada, nobody has even brought Okada to Yusuf. Or bicycle. And these things are these things are real. Eh? So in the final analysis, one of the ways to know a spiritual person, you see, don't don't uh, don't stress yourself. One of the ways to know a spiritual person is stability. Not the only way, but one of the major ways. You are not easily ruffled. It doesn't mean you don't care what is it. Do you know what it means to be, to be ruffled? It means you are thrown off balance. There is no anchor. You are running from pillar to post. The Bible says to the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. It's in Proverbs. To the hungry soul, you know hunger is a sign of, of not being stable. So now you can't even walk well, Seth. You are seeing double. That's physical hunger. Please, if you've got it to that point, go and look forward to eat. Don't call me if you faint. Don't, don't give anybody my number. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? To the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. It means there is no, the power of choice is gone. Yeah, to a hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. That's when any, any, anybody that comes for marriage, just anybody, whether it's born again or not, 
Amen. Any job, every bitter thing is sweet. Any church, as long as they are calling Jesus there. Some people are so naive. Any country, that's when you begin to hear about, amen. Hallelujah. Do you know there are people making plans to, to relocate to Cambodia? And their plan is not that they are going as missionaries. Some of us don't even know where Cambodia is on the map. I think it's somewhere around Asia, but they are known for a lot of bad things. Amen. Or Libya. And you don't have any plan to go and preach. You know, they said Saudi Arabia came to collect our doctors and people are rushing. And I can guarantee you, many of those people, the way they went, that's how they will come back. Because after, after one year, they will just discover that money is not everything. Not all of them, some of them. For example, your soul, your, your major, the major makeup of your soul is still fudgy. And you are going to Saudi Arabia. There's no, that love for Faji will bring you back to Nigeria. Do you understand this? Every bitter thing, or is there Faji in Saudi Arabia? Amen. Every bitter thing is sweet. And this is a picture of what can happen when people are not stable. It's a curse and you must, you, must, you must reject it. If there's any decision of your life you want to make, if you see that you've been confused for a long time, please pray. If you need to fast, fast. It's not, I believe that no child of God has any business with confusion. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the Word of God. You have pastors. Where is the confusion coming from? Of course, there are times you, you, you don't know what to do. But I'm saying it, it's, not a, it's not a perpetual state. There are people that are perpetually confused. January to December. I've met people. I've met people like that. Do you have friends that are always telling you about a new a new girl that they have met? That this is the girl that God will have them marry. In fact, I've stopped listening to some of them till we do wedding. Call me, say I don't have faith. That one, but the track record, because as I'm as I'm starting to like that one, because my friend say we're not doing again. I've wasted my emotion. 
you bring another one. As I'm starting to accept that one, you say, we're not doing it again. I've wasted my emotion again. So now I don't have emotion again. Let's do the wedding. Amen. People are confused though. People are confused. And it's not, it's not good. For me, the way, the way I look at it is, how do you pray in tongues so much? And you are always confused. I don't... Because even, even the Bible says that God, God is not an author of confusion. So, confusion can never be from God. Hallelujah. But when you are not stable, ah, confusion will, you and confusion will be romancing on on a daily basis. Amen. And that's where many people are. They are not sure. This, this Sunday, I'm in this church. The other Sunday, I'm in the other church. Oh, I like this pastor. Then the day he says something that would, that you don't argue with, I'm not, I'm not sitting down here again. And then you move, you move, you move. There are people that every year, they have what God is saying to them. And there is no relationship, there is no connection with what they said God. Maybe it works because some people, their memory, some people used to forget. But for someone like me that. I don't really forget things like that. So if you tell me that God told you something five years ago, most likely I'll remember. And then you now come and you are saying that. Which God, first of all? Amen. And you know, it is good if you are confused and you agree that you are confused. Then we can we can help you. But those kind of people, they don't usually agree that they are confused. Everybody can see the confusion like this. Only them. Hallelujah. And the devil wants to keep you in that state. He want, because it's, it's good for him. You are not threatening him. You are not pushing anything. So just be confused. Come to church, dance. Gyrate, go back home. But to move forward, you can't go forward. And we're going to wrap up this conversation. I will show you a scripture in Zechariah. Again, it's a scripture that you may not have seen before. So I've done three good things for you today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. But are you, are you getting blessed? So please, let's avoid confusion. Because a confused person cannot be sent. Because you will confuse the people that, that God wants you to save. Amen. I know you are in a sending church. Whatever that means whatever that means to you. But please, avoid 
confession. Pray. Don't, if, if that's the kind of prayer, say, God, I will not let you go to your blood. It's a good prayer. Don't hold God's leg, metaphorically speaking, for useless things. But this confession, it has to go. Because God, when God created you, he didn't create you confused. There is no confused person that is stable. I know the world is confused. They said um, um, vaccination. Now they said vaccination is not really that this new variant, even if you are vaccinated, it will not save you. Then even the vaccination, there are three major ones. We don't know which one. Some people will say don't do, don't do Pfizer, don't do Astavenica. What's the name? There's another third one. Confusion everywhere. Amen. You know, there are people that have done, and you know, they say you have to take two jabs. Some people have taken the first jab, Moderna. Then, second jab, Pfizer. You are not, I I don't know if it's supposed to mix. Out of fear, everything has mixed. And then, some people, people are not telling you the story. That thing is just trial and error. If you want to do it, do it. But I don't think I'm doing it unless I'm ready to ready to travel. Because the thing is, they will not use me for for trial and trial and error. They don't know what they are doing now. Amen. Confusion is the order of the day. And you now. You are a child. The way you just need to watch some people. The way some people are doing this Christianity. The way some people are engaging God. They are setting themselves up for confusion. They will never be clear. Do you know how many people are not clear? Their head is not clear. Amen. Simple decisions or decisions that should be should be simple. Are not are not very simple. But you know the way you when you walk with God, you would come to appreciate simplicity. You understand? Come, people have people have people don't even know. People have have joined. People mistake confusion for depth. That's not only in Nigeria. Amen. But simplicity many times is the proof of of depth. See Jesus now. There's nothing that Jesus preached that you will say you don't really understand. I well, I know some of some of those things maybe when but basically there's nothing that Jesus preached that is for a select group of people. But you know, everything Jesus said to us, they have great implications. Have you done some courses? You know, if you, in school, there are some courses that you take from year one to year four. Do do you? But as the year progresses, you keep getting deeper and deeper into it. 
if the lecturer is a good person and he knows what he's teaching, it's not, it's not likely going to be very difficult. But it's, it's the same thing, but the depths is like one layer upon layer. And that's how, that's how the knowledge of God, of God is. It's not you come and bamboozle everybody. At the end of the day, what, when they ask you, what did he say? You are doing like this. Amen. Please avoid confusion. The only reason I, I don't uh, yap confuse people too much is because we have to walk in love. Amen. Especially somebody that has been a child of God for some time. If you've not been a child of God for some time, no, no problem. But if you've been, I know all of us have our peculiar kind of tongues that we speak. And when you hear some people's tongues, automatically you just feel they should have sense. Because the tongues... The tongues are very, they are not elementary, <laughs> elementary tongues. You know, some people only have one tongue. Till God upgrades. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, you don't listen to people when they are praying in tongues. We listen now, but, oh, is it only me? If you are, if you are not deaf, you will hear somebody's somebody's tongues now and some of those tongues are very very concentrated amen but when you see the decisions you are trying to correlate you know there are people that pray in tongues just to show off that's another sign of not being of not being stable we have to be stable. Wisdom and knowledge. Let's go for wisdom. Let's go for knowledge. Not knowledge for the sake of knowledge. But knowledge for the sake of living a superior life. A compelling life. Amen. So if you are not going to be part of the uncertainty, this is one of the ways that we are going to do evangelism in these days. Have you met people that come and tell you, Jesus is Lord, you have to give your life to Christ, this is, and you just look at them in two minutes, you know that they don't really believe what they are saying. And that's why a lot of people are not, are not saved. And they are not planning to be saved until they meet the person that has enough force to compel them. Now, I'm not saying that every time you preach to somebody, they must give their life to Christ. But you can lift them with an impression. You know, you are not with them in their room in the night. They are thinking. The thing is troubling them. And you've sown that seed. And then by the time another person comes, it doesn't have to say much. But some people are not, there is no 
conviction. We must return back to conviction. I want to encourage you. Anything that you are not really convicted about, leave it alone till that conviction comes. What will compel the world is the conviction the conviction that even when we say let's copy people, it's within, it's within a certain context. How many of you know in Hebrews 11, the Bible records that the Israelites crossed the Red Sea by faith. And faith is conviction. The Egyptians wanted to copy. And they drowned. Do you understand this? Anything that you don't do by conviction, it will be weak. Any preaching that is not from conviction, it will be weak. And people's people's lives will not be changed. Imagine as I'm holding the mic now, this thing I'm about to say, I don't know how you will take it or It may work, it may not work. But just manage it like this. Just manage me. You know, I can't really preach. You know, Pizak is not around. Just manage me like this. Pizak will be around tomorrow morning. Anything I say that is wrong, he will correct it when he comes. Will you listen? Amen. Hallelujah. Anything that we don't do with conviction in this uncertain times, It will be weak. And the world has a lot of, even though they are confused, but the ones that have really gone deep to the enemy's camp, there's a lot of conviction. Those are the people in entertainment, in arts, they are the people blowing, so to speak. The ones that are not sure whether they should do R&B, or whether they should do, they are, they, are, they are struggling. Amen. And they are going from, from studio to studio. And they don't have anybody honest enough in their life to tell them that this, your song, is rubbish. Go and look for something else to do. Amen. I remember uh, this man, OJB Jezreel. He said that for some reason, it was a radio show, and they were asking him, he said, for some reason, it is the people that can't sing that always have money for studio time. And he said, he's a businessman, he will collect their money, but he knows that these ones are not going anywhere. Amen. Amen. The uncertainty is so much, but as you begin to live with conviction, you will you will live a life that is compelling. Amen. And you have to decide. Marriage, for example, if you enter it without conviction, you, after a while, you won't even know. You won't even know where you are. Amen. And God will never. God won't be able to. Use that marriage for his glory, for the advancement 
of the kingdom. Finally, an unstable soul is limited. I've, I've touched on that. You can't, you can't, you can't really, really, you can't really, really go forward. And you know, as we're engaging God, another time we'll really get into this. As we're engaging God, one of the things that you would contact if you do it well is the fire of God and the glory of God. Now let me show you, let's go to Zechariah chapter 2. And let's see one of the visions that Zechariah saw. The third vision that Zechariah saw. I lifted up my eyes again and looked. And behold, a man with a measuring line in his hand. Then I raised my eyes and looked. And behold, a man with a measuring line. Please, let's not be confused. (laughs) Amen. Don't confuse me. So I said, where are you going? And he said to me, to measure Jerusalem, to see what is its width and what is its length. And there was the angel who talked with me going out, and another angel was coming out to meet him, who said to him, run, speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls. Because of the multitude of men and livestock in it. For I, says the Lord, will be a wall of fire all around her. And I will be the glory in her midst. So basically, um, the vision, somebody wanted to measure Jerusalem. Jerusalem, if you know, it's a very small city. So they wanted to measure it. But this angel said, the summary of it is, another angel said to Zechariah, don't measure it. God himself will be the defense, will be the wall of fire and the glory in the midst of her. In other words, no limits. You get, because fire has a way of expanding. And God is the one that expands. God is the one that expands us. And as we stay with him, as we go for wisdom, and as we go, this is another implication of what it means to be to be stable. You would keep expanding in your heart, in your mind. Hallelujah. Unstable people, eventually will remain small. In Jeremiah 30, the Bible says, God says, I will glorify them. And he says, they shall not be small. That's one of the promises of God for you. But we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that another day. So let's avoid being unstable. In James chapter 4, from verse 8, the Bible says, draw close to God and he would drawn near to you. And then he says, purify your hearts. You double double minded. Eh? Let's avoid double mindedness. Decide. Any decision that you should make 
make it with the help of the Holy Spirit. Remember I said to us, we're, we're wrapping up now. Any decision you have not made is where the enemy would come from. And then even the ones that you have made, ensure that the, the bar is not dropping. The battery bar is not. Remember, every conviction that is strong today can be weak tomorrow. And I'm sure in some of your interactions, you see these things play out very well. Things that used to be sacred before, in this day, they are no longer sacred. The Bible says, sanctify the Lord your God. Let him be your fear and your dread. What There are things that should and must be hallowed. And we must hallow those things. This is why a lot of people are not stable. But if we're dealing with fire, as we see in Zechariah, if we're dealing with glory, that glory is a, is a stabilizer. In Job chapter 13, Job said, what you know, I also know. And then he says, I am not inferior. I think verse 2. He says, I am not inferior to you. Let's, let's go for knowledge. Let's go for, for wisdom. When everybody is confused. This is how you are going to bring solutions. When everybody is confused, you are not ruffled. If you don't know what to say, say, give me a moment. Let me go and pray. And then God will speak to you. Amen. And then you are in charge of every situation. He's not just saying I'm a king. And then when trouble comes, the king has even run. Like the president of Afghanistan. He ran, he ran away first. And he left the people to sort themselves to sort themselves out they said he carried 160 million dollars cash he denied it but you understand it's not just answering names it's not just answering because you know every revelation that you teach and preach it will be tested and when it is tested then you know you know where you are Amen. Many years ago, I heard a man of God. He said, he says, every challenge that you, you go through is a proof of how much God believes in you. Like God has put stuff in you and then that challenge comes and it's like, show them. And many times, we, we, we fumble. We show ourselves. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. But this is one of the implications of what it means to be, to be stable. Even if you say you're not, even if you say my, my temperament naturally is not a stable temperament. Some people's temperament naturally is not stable. They're happy today. They're happy now. In the next minute, 
But you need to check. You need to be sure that you are not going to the other side. Because it's not normal to be happy now and just switch. What you call mood swing. It's not the will of God. Amen. Amen. Because if something good is coming when your mood has, has changed and you miss it, you can't come and disturb anybody, anybody again. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But God will help us and God will keep us. And in these uncertain times, we will know what we know. We will will not be easily thrown off, off balance. It's not every news that should get your heart, get your heart agitated. Amen. Because you are, you are a king. You are, you are royalty. Amen. And part of the implications of royalty is confidence. Amen. Praise God. And these are very, very practical, practical things. If, if you get this thing very well, even to rush for boss will be very difficult. Can you imagine a king rushing for boss? And then in that rush, they carry your phone. That's when they steal people's phone the most now, when you are rushing. Amen. The worst is even, is even ladies. And then you come and say, I'm, I'm a lady. What type of lady is rushing for boss? Amen. You will stand where you are. The boss will come. And you enter. Amen. You see, Lagos, that's the problem. Lagos. But it has not dawned on you. Is Lagos greater than the word of God? Amen. You, you bring your own culture. Amen. Hallelujah. Any day I see any of you rushing for boss, I'll just do as if. I don't know. If you call me, I'll just be looking straight. Amen. Because that's not royal. That's not royal behavior. You are rushing for that boss because in your head, another one will not come. You are not stable. Amen. In something as simple as rushing for boss. It's practical. You know your Christianity is worse. Or rushing for food. That's the worst <laughs> embarrassment. Amen. And then they don't give you food. Your, your whole face has changed. God will help us. Amen. Hallelujah. So have you been blessed? God bless you.